This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Now, Mark Trick Jr. has made a move and gotten to the outside. Can he hang on to that position? He's going to move Elliott back to second. Martin Trick Jr. has done a masterful job all afternoon long. Off turn 11 one more time, very smoothly. I think the clock may have just run out for Kyle Busch. Once again, the king of the road here at Sonoma Raceway is Martin Truex Jr. Right here, baby. You are the man. It's an impossible day. Welcome to NASCAR America, the Mayor Jeff Burton, Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett. I'm Steve Latar. Guys, another road course race in the books and another dominating performance by Martin Truex. I think we're starting to see some consistency at the road courses. <laughs> You're going to have to beat Martin Truex. Yeah, he and his team, they've got it figured out. Every time we go to a road course, he's in contention. If he doesn't win, something happens or he you know, always seems to have himself in position. Uh, he's turned into the guy. He's the, he's the road course ringer right now. Yeah. In our day, it was Jeff Gordon. We had to try to beat and, and do that, and we couldn't, uh, no. most of us. And, and so, uh, uh, but Truex, I, you know, I don't think that we ever look and think about that. You know, we, we talked uh, for the longest time that he couldn't win on a short track or hadn't, and then the plate races and stuff. But he's had no problem navigating around these road courses. Just outstanding job in every single way. Doesn't make a mistake, takes care of his tires and his equipment, and has everything there ready at his disposal when it comes time to win. And why the race ended up being relatively uneventful as far as caution goes, which I think helped Cole Pern stick with his strategy, there was this air of confidence from this 19 team. I spent some time with Cole last week. He felt good about going to Sonoma. And he reminded me, shame on me for not knowing this, he led up to the last corner of the Roval, where he ended yeah. up getting in an accident, finished second to Chase Elliott at Watkins Glen, has won a handful of Sonomas. Before that, they blew up leading Sonoma. When he started laying out their road course resume, it was no <laughs> surprise to me why they were confident. But it really isn't just Sonoma in my mind. When we started the year, we talked a lot about Team Penske and Kyle Busch. And Martin Truex Jr. was making that transition to Joe Gibbs Racing. And I'm not sure what it was, whether it was the rules or whether it was the new shop or, or what it was. But starting with Richmond, which was his first win at Joe Gibbs Racing, he's won four of the last eight, led over 500 laps. I mean, something has clicked. Like I said, whether it's the rules, the you know the rules package, or the comfort of Joe Gibbs Racing and Cole Pern understanding who to talk to, now it's more Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. than Joe Gibbs, Team Penske. Yeah, I, listen, I, Martin Truex Jr. and Cole Pern, they are just they just do a great job together. And there's times that you put two people together in the right situation, and they just hit it off. And you know, I think Martin Truex Jr. I think he's the perfect example of someone who, you know, had a career. Solid career, but nothing great. And you team him up with somebody that he gets along with really well, that understands what Martin Truex needs to do, and he goes and makes stuff happen. If you look at what he's done lately, you know, ten, in, in, in 10 years, he won three races. In 10 years, won three races. And everybody's kind of like, yeah, Martin's okay. But look at what he's done the last four cup seasons. Martin Truex Jr. has 20 wins. Kyle Busch, 21. He has more wins than Kevin Harvick. Until you look at that, we don't realize it. I don't think... 
that Martin Truex Jr. gets enough credit for how good he is. He has more wins than everybody but Kyle Busch. And if this year continues, when this year ends, he will have more wins than Kyle Busch in the last four years. You have to put the right people together. Timing matters. Opportunity matters. People would have given up on Martin Truex Jr. If you looked at, his, looked at what he had done in those 10 years, people would have given up on him. They didn't give up on him. He got that opportunity. He capitalized on it. And now he's the guy you're going to have to beat for this championship. Yeah, and I'll say that going back to your point, not sure if it was going to Gibbs and, and the new surroundings there or was it the rules? I think it had more to do with the rules and just figuring out exactly what they needed, how they could give Martin what he was looking for in the fill of the car and understanding how to race with that situation. And it's, But it's that graphic that we just showed with those 20 wins that now makes Martin Truex Jr. a Hall of Famer. He will be in the Hall of Fame. He's won a championship. You put up numbers like that. I'm somebody that can identify with this because I, you know, when I came into the sport, things were, were okay. Uh, won a couple of races with Joe Gibbs, but it was getting paired up with Todd Parrott at Robert Yates Racing with the second car that when I made my career, uh, and, you know, because I was surrounded with good people, Todd knew what I needed. And so I, I can understand this. And I really appreciate the way Martin goes about this in the way that he doesn't have to tell everybody how good he is. He lets his driving do the job. He goes out, gets the job done. Uh, he shows his displeasure if he gets pushed around a little too much, like we saw last year at Martinsville. Uh, but he's solid at every type of track that you would want him to be. And again, that's why I fully believe that whenever his career is over, and he's got a lot more racing to do and a lot more wins to come, uh, but he will be in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Well, that was going to be my follow-up. How, how can he have 20 races in the last three years and, and be off the radar? Because arguably he is. I would have, If you would have asked me that question, <laughs> and I have been to the majority of these races, watched them all, I would have probably had him behind Harvick, somewhere down with Brad Kozlowski, Joe Logano in that range, and I would have been completely wrong. How is that possible for a guy that – that his resume says completely the opposite. Because he didn't come in and just knock you over with success. He, he, it took him a while to do it. So when you think about Martin Truex Jr., he just doesn't come to mind. But, you know, you've paired him up now in the same organization as Kyle Busch. And Kyle Busch is a guy that everybody points to and says, he's the best driver on the racetrack. Is he? Yeah. Right? I mean, if you look at, if you look at numbers and you look what's going on this year and equipment that's very similar – you could make the argument that Martin Truex Jr. is better than Kyle Busch. So, you know, I, but, but it's, it's simply because, in my opinion, now he won a lot of Xfinity races. Before he went cup racing, he won a lot of Xfinity races. Uh, but, you know, ten, ten, in 10 years, three wins. You know, that does not get you thinking that's one of the best drivers. You yeah. know what I mean? So he's, yeah. you have to look at what he's done the last four years to really get that sense of how good he's been. Well, how about... 16 races, four wins, because that's what he's done this year, and so hasn't his teammate. And I think that's the new conversation, yeah. where it was Joe Gibbs versus Team Penske. It looks like an internal battle currently, because even at Sonoma, as good as the 19 car was, it was his teammate, the 18 of Kyle Busch, is who he had to beat to win the race. Sucks to finish second to a teammate, but uh, it's good for the company. So overall, uh, you know, Martin's really, really good here. So I'm just... I'm just pumped that I actually ran good here. You know, we have that mutual respect where we can, you know, we know we're each, we're both fast. We both have great teams. We can push each other to be better, and it really elevates the whole company. So um, <clears throat> we race hard as we can possibly race in the racetrack and, uh, and respect each other off it. It's, it works out pretty good. You know, rookies coming into the sport these days is the fact that you got guys, you know, that are at the top of the sport that are, are always trying to get better themselves. So it's, uh, you know, you, I think that about Kyle Busch, I think that about Denny Hamlin, I mean, they're trying to get better all the time. And, uh, you know, when those guys continue to continue to prove, you got to do the same. 
and the way they work together is really, to me, in our meetings, it's fascinating. Everybody shares everything. Those guys, I'm telling you, they share everything about the race car, how they drove it, and everything. It's kind of amazing to see. They told me in victory lane that um, we've finished one, two, seven times, and I'm, I beat them four out of seven, so I got the upper hand right now. I didn't know. I had no idea until they told me that, so. Um, no, we don't. I don't keep track of it. I don't know if he does or not. He might. <laughs> well, this organization's reminded me. I was fortunate enough to be a part of Hendrick Motorsports in 2007. Uh, finished one, two in the points, won 18 races. And through Sonoma, in that same year, Hendrick Motorsports had won 10 races. Well, this is Joe Gibbs Racing's 10th win of the season. What I also remember about that 07 lineup is as good as Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson worked together, remember Jeff hired Jimmy. There were some testy moments. There was not all good conversation in the media center. There was a few fenders banged on the racetrack. So the question for me is, they use the word respect. Can they continue to play nice and have the respect as they kind of separate themselves from the field? I think they can as long as they avoid altercation, right? As long as the teams, you know, it doesn't take much. You can light that fire pretty easily, you know, get blocked on pit road. Uh, but, you know, go back and think about India a few years ago where they decided, okay, Kyle made a decision, okay, it's time to race. They ended up getting in a wreck. They, they got over that, okay. I think that they're all in the right place. But when you start competing for a championship in this format where you have, you know, you have to go three race, three race segments, you know, all that, I think the pressure mounts. I think it becomes harder to be a good teammate in those situations. It will be tested. It will be tested, but but so far they've they've handled it very well. Well, you drove for him. Mm-hmm. Is Coach the perfect guy to manage oh, this? Absolutely. I wrote down here, but what Coach Gibbs is so good at, people, people, people. He understands. He gets the right people to surround these drivers and put them in the best situation to succeed. He lets them do their thing on the track until he needs to interfere, and he's not afraid to do that, but he lets it go a long way before that's going to happen. And what we saw in those sound bites right there are a couple of things. One's not shocking. That Martin Truex Jr. is a great road racer and he won again there. The other side that we saw is something that we have not seen. I don't know if I've ever seen it. And that is Kyle Busch being rather gracious finishing second. <laughs> and you know, I don't know what that said. You ask, can they succeed at this? Here's what it's going to take. Martin Truex Jr. can. And this isn't anything against Kyle Busch. It's just his makeup and him as a competitor. As long as he has enough wins to stay there kind of even. If Truex starts getting ahead in in that category and things aren't going as well for him, then the friction is going to heat up a little bit. It was almost like Kyle was resorting to second because it was Sonoma. Like his first line was, well, he's a better road course racer than me. Right, right, right. Well, we'll see Chicago this week if if the roles stay that same, if he'll be as gracious. But some of that, some of that drivers getting along and you know you may not want to hear this but falls on crew chief's shoulders yeah oh yeah because no, no if, the, if the crew chiefs can keep the teams lined up because you know what happens right yeah. something happens on the track and then your team guys are like you know you know it starts it start they start chirping right yeah. and the, then the team it starts this thing in between the two teams and the more the teams every person on those teams can be lined up with joe gibbs racing the, the, the less chance you will have an altercation. And, and the crew chiefs can squash it. You know, when you have people on a team that start to stir the pot, the, the crew chiefs got to step in and say, we're not doing this. It's what, the only way it's going to work. In 2007, that moment was the first ever COT race at Martinsville. We unloaded with the 24, and we were really, really good, and the 48 was not. Chad and I sat down. The 48 copied our setup, and they beat us. It's the famous Jeff beating on Jimmy's mm-hmm. bumper for the closing 25 laps. And that, to your point, 
That was the small crack in the armor. That's where the two teams, and, and we didn't know it at the moment, but looking back, we did. That was the moment that the people that worked on one car weren't so happy for the other car because they felt like they had helped him too much. And I'm with you. Joe Gibbs Racing is so good. I think Coach is the perfect guy to manage it, but it's going to become dif difficult. So the only follow-up question I have to that is, is where's the rest of Joe Gibbs Racing? Danny Hamlin's won two races. Okay, Eric Jones is still there. They ran great on Sunday. All, all the Toyotas yeah. did. Do you think we're going to see more out of those other two cars? I think we're better. Uh, you know, <laughs> that was and, my plan. But that's, and so this is the way that, I mean, it's, we talk about Joe Gibbs. Is he the man for it? What a great problem to have is right. managing your drivers outrunning each other and and you can see with the the wins exactly what's taking place there and, and what's going to have to continue of course you've he's got three of them that are in the playoffs already say, so his man out. yeah is, is eric jones down there trying to get him on a more consistent basis he's been in the top 10 except when i put him in my fantasy and then he <laughs> it goes all to hell but uh anyway he, he's having a good season running wise if he can just stay away from the problems and, and that's where leadership steps into yeah, and yeah. you have exactly. to so what's so hard about a multi-car team is when you have something that's working for two or three and it's not working for the other yeah. it's hard to change things to help that other one yeah. and that's where multi-car teams you know if it's a single car team you can cater your your team around your driver and your crew chief and what do we have to do to be good with this team but when it's four how do you change stuff to make it so that other team is as good that gets really, really difficult to do. I was Kevin Harvick's teammate, and Kevin Harvick was so good that the company had to do things to make sure he had the exactly. best chance of winning. Yeah, right. yeah. and, and the company, in rightfully so, says, hey, man, it's working for him. You need to find a way to make it work. And that's yeah. where every team has it. Every team has it, where you have talented drivers, talented crew chiefs, talented engineers, but somebody's getting more out of it. How do you how do you make it work for everybody? It's extremely difficult for a team to do. Eric Jones can drive race cars. Oh, absolutely. I have yes. no concern about Eric Jones being able to mm -hmm. drive race cars and win races at the cup level. I have no concern about that. I believe he can. It's about getting, and I'm not saying he doesn't have to go to keep people. It's about getting everything working, and, yeah. and Eric Jones can win races. Yeah, man, he did his job yesterday. I mean, he ran eighth. But you're fourth in your company out of four cars, right. you know, so that that makes things look a, a little more difficult. But I, again, I believe it in his talent, and hopefully, it works for him that he takes advantage of the, a couple of these weekends where they've been really, really good, and they'll have more of those. Well, we're just scratching the surface on some of the fascinating stories. We're going to follow all summer, both at the front and at the middle of the playoff yeah. leaderboard. But coming up, a look ahead to NASCAR and NBC's debut for 2019 at Chicagoland. Plus, our 50 States in 50 Days tour begins at one of California's most famed short tracks. And we'll share our winners and losers from this past weekend at Sonoma. Uh -oh. All right. Oh, stop already. Look at this. We love free toys. <laughs> this show is all about the fans calling in. Go it's Lyle Lovett. There you go. Really? Well, that was a big fan. Uh, his music. <laughs> oh, hey, my God. Oh. oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't need it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm spinning out. Parker's in my ear. I Oh, here. yep, that's not good. I feel like I'm in a Mardi Gras parade. Junior should go sign the bus, right? I'm, I'm signing the bus. Oh, Junior, hey, there we go, there we go. Junior I'm on the same page, man. Thanks. That's the Flintstones right there, baby. That's the Flintstones. See how I did it? Yeah. Burton, spot for me. Oh, spot God. for me. Spot.
I know we're fired up to get back to the racetrack. The question is, are the fans ready for that? Because that's what's coming on Friday in Chicago. You know what I learned at Chicago last race is never walk into somebody's motorhome slash converted bus without asking permission. Because there's stuff in there you don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> that is outstanding. They go there for more than just a good race, which they obviously got last year. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot. That's good point. It's well, <laughs> well, it's not just a great infield. It's a great racetrack. Mile and a half, bumpy, worn-out racetrack. Last year, we saw mm. one of the gr best finishes of the year between the two Kyles, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch. I'm not sure what you call that move. It's a slide job at one point that went bad, and then down here, this is Kyle Busch letting them know that you can't make the corner this fast, <laughs> and I can. So the 42 up the racetrack. The question is, we've seen 16 different races. What kind of racing do you expect to see this weekend at Chicago? So the end of that race last year was phenomenal. Yes. Like, it's, that's going to be hard to top <laughs> at any race. But I think, I honestly think that what we've seen with the mile-and-a-half package, that the quality of race from the start of the race to the end of the race, I expect it to be uh, better than what we've seen. I think that this package is going to work really well. Multiple grooves can run all over the racetrack. Uh, and I, I think with the high downforce and a little less power, I think that that will even play into more favor where you can run different lines. So I expect to see I expect to see a more competitive race from the start to finish. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I'm not sure that we're going to see a situation of a slide job or attempt and whatever took place from, from that point on. But I think what we have is potential to see a two or three wide uh, finish, uh, not only at the finish of the race, but I think for finish of the stages and things. So uh, it, it's a fun racetrack to race on from a driver's perspective, and I think the rules are in place to make that that racing and that intensity uh, heat up a little bit more. And we're getting to the point that some drivers got to make things happen in different ways. Well, that's exactly where I was going to go. What I'm waiting to see is who's going to make the move, right? And, and listen, we can bring this up all you want, but it's a 26 race regular season. There's 10 more races to the playoffs. There's 10 more races till there's going to be some disappointed and sad drivers. And I'm waiting to see who that's going to be. There are some huge names. Larson, Newman, Johnson, Jones down there at the cut line. Kyle Larson was just in the highlight reel. That is one year ago battling for a win. When is that Kyle Larson going to show back up? Because I have yet to see him this year. Uh, there's been glimmers here or there but never really a, a, a race put together. I'm still shocked how someone can be so fast at Sonoma by himself and yet fall off so much in the long run. Jeff, what are we gonna see from Kyle Larson? I mean, can they get this ship corrected? I think this race is huge for them. I think this race has Kyle Larson written all over it in regard to the kind, you know, the racetrack wearing out, running to the top, moving around, trying different lanes. I think that is what Kyle Larson is really good at. And mm -hmm. I think if, Kyle Larson and his team go this weekend and don't run well, I think they got major problems. I think this is the weekend that they need to show. I, listen, they did finish 10th. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, they, yeah. You know, like yeah. last week was a good sign for them. It sat on the pole. But, I, you know, the bread and butter is on these mile and a half and on three-quarter mile and one-mile racetracks. They have got to run good this weekend. It's This is his racetrack, man. This is here, California, Michigan are the three racetracks that I think about Kyle Larson. And I just think if they don't run well here, they got some major problems. Yeah, I, th I think maybe his the his driving style of, of sliding the car around, you, know, you, you make those rear tires mad on a road course quickly. Yeah. Uh, you might get a lot of speed, but but that goes away very quickly. But I, I agree with what Jeff is saying. It, it, when I think about if he has a, a opportunity, it's this weekend uh, to, to go get the job done. We, we 
I haven't seen many chances so far this year with, uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's a combination of, uh, I, I know he wasn't one that was in favor of this rules package. It felt like it took a little bit away of what his driving style is and what he likes to do. But I think he can utilize that this weekend. And uh, hopefully he's back in form because when he is, it's really fun to watch. Well, and I challenge is not just Kyle Larson. How about Jimmy Johnson? I'm going to put him in the same bucket, yeah. right? This is a guy yeah. that we have seen and all, I mean, do things that no one else has probably ever done in this race car before. But he is consistently the fourth of the 400 cars. I'll just cut right to it. It was behind Chase Elliott, and now it's behind Chase Elliott and Bowman, and now I have to put Byron up there. So he's somewhere three, four out of the Hendrick camp. That is not going to work when the camp as an overall only has one win so I really look for Larson and Johnson, those two names. Because, look, Ryan Newman, that's a blue collar. He, yeah. He's not going to do anything special, but he's not going to do anything bad, and he's going to gobble up some points. Eric Jones, we just documented how we feel that Joe Gibbs Racing can put a lot of effort behind him. Well, guys, there's not enough seats at the table. William Byron, we're going to talk about, he gave, you know, got some points at Sonoma. I think that playoff bubble is heating up. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Huh. I mean, if you if, – if, if Daniel Suarez, if he has a bad race, he's right back in, you know, yeah. having to fight for his life again. And and these guys, it's pressure field. And I think that's the other thing that makes this racetrack cool is when you have multiple grooves and you have a lot of people that have something they need to make happen, I think that stands to have really good racing. But, you know, the other thing I'm looking forward to, you know, let's get back to Jimmy. I, I don't – I have no idea. I just cannot figure out the 48 car. I just – I am I know he's confused. I know, oh, yeah. I know everybody's yeah. confused. I, we're all confused. I, I just – I cannot figure out how they're off that far on pace. You know, and we're talking about, I always thought Jimmy Johnson was the fastest race car driver I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. You know, Jimmy Johnson didn't win, doesn't win races by knocking people out of the way. He doesn't win races by phenomenal restarts. He, he wins races because he's just faster than you. And he's the fastest guy, including Kyle Busch, that I've ever seen. Yeah. And they have nowhere near enough pace to run fifth. Right. And I, I just can't put my – I just can't – Well, and they've never had to race without it. Right. right. So, so so now you have a guy yeah. that's used to having so much pace, and how do you race without that pace? It becomes very complicated. Yeah, and I think with the rules, and, and we kind of talked about this before the season got started, was that you know it's going to be a little bit more along the Xfinity lines in the way you oh. drove the car and the things you did. And you know that wasn't something that Jimmy has done over the years. But he's so good, you just know he's going to figure it out because he – but – can they figure it out? Are they giving him what he needs uh, in that? And, and every driver is different. And Jimmy Johnson set himself apart as being different in a way that one of the very best ever. So what is it that, that they're missing to give him that feel that he feels like he can go be as aggressive and, and get the job done as what it's going to take? But they, they've got to step up soon. Maybe you're setting the stage. Jimmy Johnson, only Xfinity win, Chicago. Also, one of the few tracks where he doesn't have a cup win. So maybe he can somehow check that box. We're going to see. Well, coming up, it's our turning point from Sonoma, which, of course, is all about points. Stay tuned. You know, the first repeat winner here since Jeff Gordon way back in the 98-99-2000. Is the wine tasting any sweeter this time around? I'd like to say yes, but I can't. I just, I can't. I just don't like wine. I'm sorry. I just don't. It's the best damn wine I've ever had, but I still don't like it. <laughs> Around the final corner to the checkered flag, Martin Truex Jr., fourth win of the year. Running down a 
Well, guys, we've talked playoff leaderboard the entire show and why wins are the guaranteed ticket. There's going to be a lot of guys that get in on points. We know that with only six winners through the first 16 races. And points are what today's turning point is all about. We're heading to Sonoma. We knew the stages were going to be decision time, and it came right away. We saw William Byron lead all 20 laps, DJ, and get max points in the first stage. Well, a great qualifying effort put him in position to get up front, and he took this race and said, okay, this is mine right now. This is what we want to do. We want to get as many points as we can. And, and I really felt like that looking at that, he had a car that might could win the race. Yeah, checking out. Saw everybody pit before the end of the first stage. He knew it was going to happen again at the end of the second stage. But Jeff, they stuck to their guns, stayed out again. Lost track position, but gained a ton of points. Listen, I love it. I, I love the fact go get those points when they're available to you. It's a road course. You never know when you're going to wreck. You never know if you get a late race restart and you have three wrecks in a row. So if you can get those points and where they are in points, I think you have to get them. And look right here what happened. Look where William Byron finished. He finished 19th, Suarez 17th. William Byron got 18 stage points. Suarez got none. William Byron had a much better day than Suarez, even with Suarez finishing two spots better. So the question I had is, I, I completely agree with the number. I said this about a month ago, and everybody hated what I said, that it wasn't about <laughs> top fives and top tens. It was about how many points you scored. Well, look right here. I want you to look, 13th and 14th on the playoff leaderboard. Daniel Suarez, William Byron. William Byron, two points out of 13th. 29 points over the cut line. So I'm sticking to my guns that points are what matter. The question, though, is can you stomach a 19th? Can you leave Sonoma running 19th and say, you know what, it was a good day? I mean, I agree with the points, but as a race car driver, how would you feel? Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> it always gets good when you start <laughs> so, like that. So first of all, you have to recognize where you are. And what William Byron and his team, what's the goal? The goal is to make the playoffs, right? Get hot, make so. the playoffs, make something happen. So he got his points. He got his points. William did a great job qualifying, which put him in position to do this. And he did a great job driving a race car. They did not finish, finish 19th. Denny Hamlin yeah. used almost the same strategy. Denny Hamlin, uh, he had, he, what did he do? He finished first and second in yeah. his stage point. Look yeah. at the stage points he got. And he finished overall sixth. So you could do both. You yeah. had to have the right car. You had to have the right brakes. I'm sorry, Denny Hamlin finished fifth. You had to have everything go right, but Denny Hamlin and his team did both. Right. They found a way to get stage points and get that finish. So yeah. I love the fact that Chad Knauss has changed gears. We just talked about Jimmy Johnson's always just been faster than everybody else. You call races differently when you have the fastest driver. So Chad Knauss has changed gears, and he has adjusted, and I love the strategy, and it did not prohibit them from having a good race because Denny Hamlin and his team, they were able to pull it off. So, DJ, I argue that Chad Knauss is doing exactly what he should for his young driver. Mm -hmm. I have felt the pressure cooker of the summer. I have been what should be an easy trip to the playoffs that was anything but. Take the pressure off. Get the points when you know you can. Get this young man into the playoffs. Let him learn what it is to be in the playoffs, the distraction, the pressure. Welcome. He's building a long-term driver for Hendrick Motorsports. But does the race car driver and you agree? <laughs> you just mentioned how good of a race car they had. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, if this would have happened somewhere besides a road course, because I don't know that he's ready to win on a road course, even though he had a really good race car, could he get up there and challenge Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch? I don't know if that could have happened. So could they accumulate this? I get the fact. I understand exactly what you're saying about 
putting this young driver in that situation. It's that 19th place finish. Whenever At the end of the day, whenever you get on whatever kind of airplane you're getting on, if that's the Hendrick plane or whatever, and coming back, and I see 19th beside my name, I have a tough time, especially as a young driver uh, that has a good race car. Why do you keep putting me in this position? I know that making the playoffs is the most important thing, but if you're only going to get into the playoffs and you don't know how to finish run in the top five uh, because you've been just gathering stage points here uh, and, and taking advantage of other people that maybe are a little bit better, not going with the stage points and, and doing things differently, what good are you doing your driver? Is he going to be ready when the playoffs come? So I think it's Utmost importance that Rick Hendrick and Chad Canales are able to sit down with William Byron and say, look, we understand you know, this doesn't look as good as what it is, but look at your position. We'll take certain places and make this happen. And when you have a race car that's good enough and we know where you're at a place that can win, then we can turn you loose. I think that's a great point is that everybody has to be lined up. Everybody has to understand what yeah. the goal is. And you know, Clint Boyer and I had this conversation last week, and he completely disagreed. Like, although he thinks stage points are extremely important, he still thinks you have to top fives, top tens. That at the end of the day, that's the most important. I disagree. I, I think it's points earned. I think if you, I, I think say that again, so I people think, start tweeting you because I was the guy that nobody so, liked. So there's a winner, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. There's the winner, and then yeah. there's a the guy that did almost as good as the winner. And at the end of the day, if you're not winning. What it boils down to is how many points are you getting? Yeah. So it's the guy that won, and then how many points did you get? Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. And however you do that, however you do that, yeah. when all is said and done, it doesn't matter because they don't give a trophy for the guy that got the most top fives. There's yeah. no trophy for that. Mm -mm. They give a trophy for the guy that won a championship. And you've got to find, do whatever you can to get yourself in position. And to it's win not just, yeah, it's not just happening trying to get yourself into the playoffs. I mean, the top two guys at the top of the points right now, Joey Logano and Kyle Busch, are on different ends of the spectrum there too. Logano ended up doing well in the first two stages, had a, a mechanical problem right. later in the race that relegated him to a, not a good finish, but he still came out ahead in that. Uh, the regular season points championship battle, which is worth, I believe, is 15 playoff points. Yeah. Uh, that's huge. So you, you look at that. He was able to manage a day to where a 23rd place finish, still he tallied uh, quite a few points. So it's not just trying to race to get yourself in there. It's, it's at the top of the heap, too. Oh, yeah. The stages can save your day. And I finally got <laughs> Jeff Burton on my team. The points are the most important thing. So everything should be fine. Well, you can find great short track racing anywhere, even in the shadow of L.A. Our 50 States in 50 Days tour begins next here on NASCAR America. I was very young. I started racing when I was 13. Kind of just misfits all thrown together. They were the ones that were teaching me. He was one of my teachers back there. He was my coach. He was the first one of that dream. He was a workaholic. She really paved a lot of the way for me. He helped me, mentored me. He had just been around for a long time. A couple times he probably threw me out. And a lot of us leaned on, on their family. Holy crap, what are you doing? <laughs> What's up? No way. You're right behind me. <laughs> this is a freaking shock and a half. That's going to be all season. You and I were there for a yeah. lot of that filming. Great stuff. Uh, I, I'm not going to tell you you're going to have tears in your eyes, but you're going to have chills. I have chills here, and I've seen a lot of this stuff and was part of. Uh, unbelievable. These drivers were amazing, and, and the people that had come in, just incredible. It's going to be fun. 
Well, not only did all of us have people supporting us, all of us had local short tracks where we all started, whether it was South Boston or Hickory or Oxford Plains for me up in Maine. It's all about those grassroots local short track racing. And today we begin our tour of 50 states in 50 days. Our first stop brings us to California and one of the best short tracks on the West Coast. Irwindale Speedway opened in 1999. Former track champion Tim Huddleston bought the Speedway though in 2017, saving it from closure. Irwindale is one of the premier facilities for drifting, hosting the season finale for the US-based Formula Drift Series. And guys, some of the biggest NASCAR stars have raced here, including the reigning Cup Series champion, Joey Logano. And it's not just the big names, local legend Kenny Smith, 72 years young, won last season's track title in the spec late model division, and guys, Currently leading the ports again this year. I like to see that. That's good. Let's talk about grassroots. I mentioned you, South Boston, Hickory. I have multiple up in New England. As much as I love Daytona and Charlotte and Chicago and their great facilities, that's not where anyone gets a start other than yep. maybe Kyle Petty. <laughs> Most of us start at our local short track. It means the world to me. Grassroots racing, I know, means the world to you as well. Yeah, I'm so cool. I'm so excited that NBC is going to be. We're going to be, you know, showing off some of these these racetracks around the country and the people that make them work because that's really what it is. Yeah. The personalities, 72 year old leading the points. <laughs> that's I mean, that's great. awesome, man. That's, and every short track has those stories. Every division has those stories, and it's just going to be fun to walk through the through the whole country showing the short tracks. And it means so much to our sport without short tracks and the energy and the excitement that gets created on local levels, uh, there is no Cup Series, in my opinion. Yeah. I think you have to have short tracks to feed it and to, to bring the enthusiasm. Yeah, and grassroots racing actually brings a little different meaning to me because when my dad owned and managed Hickory Speedway, I literally cut all the grass around Hickory <laughs> Motor Speedway. So I understand what all that's about. Yeah, but I, I also handed out programs, <laughs> sold popcorn. So I got the nut. I mean, you saw these people come week after week to support Hickory Motor Speedway. And then to get my career started there, see a lot of those same people. And, and it's just incredible. That's where it has to start uh, for fans to become fans other sport drivers to get their opportunity. So there's just so many things going on and so many great tracks across the country. And uh, hopefully we can uh, highlight a lot of those and, and the special stories behind it. So, so remember the night at Hickory where Jimmy Spencer spun you out? Yes. Went to race, Coming spun, to spun him out at his home track, mm -hmm. and uh, you had to duck for cover because <laughs> the locals weren't happy. But that's what's cool about local sports, yeah. right? Like, you were their guy, man, and that's that's what makes short track races so cool. Well, and I challenge every kid watching to challenge their parents, every parent to bring their kid because it's not just regular racing, too. We have some shots. You want to talk about some crazy racing? Go out to Irondale. <laughs> hey, this is the best right here. So what you're seeing here is no rear tires. It's, what's it called? Skid, skid, skid plate racing. Skid plate racing. Yeah. Front wheel drive cars, a little steel in the back. I mean, I think we should build one of these. This <laughs> looks like maybe we might need three of them. Weld a flat <laughs> steel plate on the rear wheels. Front wheel drive, go get you some. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Well, listen, in today's world of pro sports where everything becomes more accessible with social media, but perhaps more expensive to go to in person, not your local short track. Yeah. Go out, support them. They're normally the same people and the same company that's in the same community you live at. Go out there, support them. It's great. I'm glad we're doing it. It's going to be a fun year going to all these local short tracks, checking out some great racing. But before we head to the break, we wanted to mention another short track racer, McKenna Hassey, who competes locally at Knoxville Raceway in Iowa. Great dirt track. She's competing tonight on the episode of America Ninja Warrior, 8 p.m. Eastern on NBC. I think we'll give you a chance, Jeff, if you want to go. Give it a try. Well, coming up, we'll discuss some winners and losers from the weekend including an emotional Matty D, big week, career best finish.
flag, P4. Good job. Yeah, good job, guys. Good finish. Thank you. Proud of you, man. Well done. First time ever, right? Yeah, thank you, guys. Wheels, man. You, you were in this one, brother. Thank you. To see them up there running the way they did, I thought it was just great. I went to the car and told him. I said, hey, Matt, awesome job. Oh, dude, this is team effort. Hi, I'm just so lucky to be doing this. I know I say it every time I get interviewed, but my path to get here has been so out of the ordinary and old school, and I'm so thankful. I, I can't tell you how many people took a chance on me. Listen, it's time for winners and losers, and there's no way you can't lift Maddie D is yeah. the biggest winner. I'm going to tell you all. So my son was watching the race, and you don't think people like underdogs in those closing laps when here Matt came, passing guys, passing guys. My son was cheering him on. He kept saying, Dad, if there's a caution, can you get some more? Because I'm going to root for a caution. <laughs> it's good to see just a nice guy who, who he had run. We've seen him run good at Bristol, but this is a career best finish, a career best top five for Matt. I don't think I, I've yet to find anybody that has a bad thing to say about him. It was uh, great to see. It was, I was good to see an underdog every once in a while. It's a win. It was a, a win for Matt D, but it's also a win for the team, right? That team, you know, they they we've seen them run well. We've seen several races this year that you thought, wow, they might get even contend this win, and it just not work out. But for them to go to a Sonoma, one of the I, this racetrack is hard. Yeah. I mean, it's a very difficult racetrack, and you're seeing passing Kevin Harvick. Uh, just a really good day for Matty D, but the entire team, the entire team. Yeah, this is a driver that, I mean, he's so, and everybody out there that started that race has talent, but this is a driver that has a lot of talent that, in the right situation, is very capable of running in the top 10 all the time. But he's not in that situation. But you know, we just talked about California and Irwindale Speedway, and that was our first state of the, the 50 states. And he that's where Matt D is from. And he and his family picked up, moved to Hickory, North Carolina, so he could race at Hickory. And that's what he wanted to do. And the path, it's been tough for him. He's had a few opportunities, but he continues to grind. He's such a good person, but so good of a driver. And he, he is so appreciative of the opportunities that he's given there. That's the outstanding. I mean, I think fifth is the best that I was able to ever do out there. And to watch him go past Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Harvick, these are champions of the sport. And uh, just a great day for him. I thought about that. Well, what do you think Rick Hendrick and Tony Stewart are thinking as they see old Matty D just outbreak their car and go <laughs> on by? But it wasn't just a good run for Matt and Another guy that perhaps we don't talk about enough. He's had a, maybe a little bit of an off year, but Blaney. Ryan Blaney is up in the top three out there. He didn't score those stage points, but as a guy, we talk about that playoff bubble. There's a guy below the wind column, right? He's down there gobbling up points, having good runs. I don't think of him as a road course racer, although maybe I should. He won the Roval, although it was a little bit of accident to get him there. Another good run at a road course. Well, he was in position at the Roval, right? He yeah. was, you know, that, and that's part of winning races is, you know, you win a lot of races, you don't lead the most laps on. So, you know, clearly Ryan Blaney is a good road racer. And I think this team needs a little just positive happening, right? They needed something good to happen to yeah. them. They, they've run well this year, but they haven't gotten the finishes. They're the only team that hasn't won at Penske. That stuff weighs on you. But Ryan Blaney, you know, just like we talked about with Eric Jones earlier, Ryan Blaney is going to win races for a long time in a Cup Series. Uh, but when you're in the middle of a time that feels like a slump, a good finish, man. It goes a long way to you. Yeah, especially at a tough track like yes. we talked about. But, you know, on that restart to start the final uh, stage of the, the race there, I mean, he raced uh, the 19 really hard there for a couple of laps. I was like, man, does he have something here? But, uh, obviously, uh, the, the Toyotas were a, were a lot better. But a really good finish to an outstanding day. Well, unfortunately, it can't all be winners. I would have to give the, the poor loser category to this point to Clint Boyer. He's 12th in the playoff standings. And not because he had a bad day overall. He ended up finishing okay finished 11th 
But that loose wheel really sent Boyer so far to the back, and I felt bad for him because this is a track we've seen him win out here. This is yeah. a, I thought maybe he could kind of right the ship. I knew there's going to be some crazy strategies, and I thought, well, he's, he's going to be okay. But just giving up all of that track position with the loose wheel doomed his day. I was impressed, actually, with how far how far he fought back. Because yeah. it can easily go completely awry, but Clint Boyer, you know, not quite a top 10, fought back to 11th. Has to be disappointed, though. Yeah, it has to be disappointed, and especially the last three weeks have been disappointing for them. And and uh, so they, they've got to write this and, and get going in the, in the proper direction because even though it looks like he might be okay with the number of, I think he's 70 above the cut line, you know, that can go away in a hurry. When you have Daytona coming up uh, and some some short tracks, they, they've got to get things headed in a, in a right direction and get their driver. Most of all, they've got to get their driver in a good mindset. Yeah, Almirola's 70. Boyer only 40. And why 40 seems like a lot in this point system, you get – basically one point if you have an early issue. So you can lose yeah. points quick. I, I, I would not feel comfortable 40 up. No. With so many races left to go. It's not It's not a slam dunk. They're gonna have, they have a lot of work to do. And if you do make the playoffs, you want to be able to compete. You want to be able to have a chance to win a championship. And they're, they're right there. You know what I mean? All Stuart Haas isn't quite where they were last year for sure. Uh, but but they're teetering. Where if they went any further back, they would get themselves in trouble. Yeah, I'll go as far as to say that I'm not going to feel comfortable if I'm anywhere outside the top ten, because yeah. I think we could see a lot of movement outside the top ten of those no playoff doubt. standards. It's a long summer. A lot of things can happen. Well, coming up, we'll wrap up with shout-outs from the weekend here on NASCAR America. On behalf of everybody here at IndyCar on NBC, we want to congratulate Daryl Waltrip, NASCAR Hall of Famer. After 19 years behind the microphone, today in Sonoma, California, will be DW's final broadcast. This is what I wanted, this is what I've been waiting for, for these cars to come off of this corner. And guys, it's showtime. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing today, boys. Well, it's time for shout-outs, and I'm not sure there's any way to start shout-outs without talking about DW and in a Hall of Fame career, not just on the racetrack, but in the TV booth. So, Yeah, and I think that Darrell Waltrip is someone that has brought so much to NASCAR racing. When he was a driver, uh, he changed things. Uh, he made it a lot more vocal than maybe what it was uh, before. Didn't mind speaking his mind there. And he certainly brought a lot to the broadcast booth. I mean, this isn't an easy job, as y'all found out when you come along. You think it's just going up and talking, but being prepared and doing the job and, and telling people uh, what it's like to be in that position. And Darrell Waltrip has been one of the very best at it. Uh, he, he's just uh, he's brought a, a class to it and, and uh, a bit of information that you don't get. When I sit, watch a football game, anything that I want to do, I want to hear from champions telling me how it gets done, and Darrell Waltrip did that. Yeah, and, and passion for the sport. Great yes. storyteller. I, ho I, hope he, I hope he stays in the sport because he, he can tell a story, and I, I, just, I just think there's a place for Darrell. But um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Ty Gibbs, grandson of Joe Gibbs, yeah. won his first ARCA race this weekend. I was there. Uh, I got to see, look at this move, last lap, last corner, drove underneath uh, Sam Mayer, just just a crazy move right there. And uh, But the excitement from, from Coach was really cool. I actually went to Victory Lane to congratulate him. Just, you know, it's fun to see family, right? And, yeah. and it, it was just a really cool event for them. And uh, it was really fun to see Coach Gibbs have, have that victory. Yeah, it's been an emotional year for the entire Gibbs sure. family. It's hard to believe. Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm feeling old, but Ty Gibbs just a <laughs> couple of years ago was racing at the local dirt track, working his way into full-body stock cars. So, yeah. like you said, there's something special. 
you know, coaches have found so much success ever, but it's just so much different when it's your own family, whether it's your son playing baseball, your son in the truck race. So happy for Coach Gibbs. And I, I had to watch that last move a couple times. I thought he hit him. I didn't know what happened. Mayer left the door open, and what a move in the last corner. Looked like the throttle hung. I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure he ever came out of the gas, but what a move. You know, and when you're going to win a race like that, you know, that's the way that you go do it. Yeah, he didn't spin anybody out, didn't do anything, just a great move and did what he had to do to win. And so congratulations to him and, and Coach Gibbs. These are the kind of things that make Coach Gibbs go from day to day is to see good things happen like that, especially for his family. Well, and if you thought that Ty Gibbs' win was the fireworks of the weekend from that mm. racetrack, you are incorrect. It's the walk-off win, the called win, whatever you want to call it. Jeff Burton, I give you credit. You sat here last week and said Ross Chastain will win in the truck series. I'm not sure it was going to happen at Gateway, but he did it. Dale, how impressive is this with everything this team's been through to bounce back and win again? I mean, the whole week of controversy of their appeal for what happened uh, at in the last race where they thought they had won the bonus of 50000 in one race and, and then uh, to be able to come back the very next week. And Jeff, you're right, Jeff sat here and told us that he would win, had that kind of confidence. And this is a confident race driver, uh, but he went out and, and with this team and got the job done once again on a tough racetrack. You know, to me, I was interested to see because all week long it was, you know, you know, how they handled the penalty was like almost like, oh, they, they you know, it's not fair, it's not right. That's yeah. You know, that's kind of the vibe you were getting. And I'm like, is that eating them up? You know what I mean? Because yeah. you can use adversity in two ways. It can it can eat you up or you can eat it up. And instead, they found a way to use it and use it to their advantage. That will only make them stronger moving forward. And that will be a very tough team to beat for the championship. Guys, I got great news. Guess what happens this weekend? Yes. Back to the racetrack. Get to see some live racing. There's nothing like live racing. But remember, this week, back on NBCSN, racing from Chicago. Tune in. Check out my man DJ, myself, and Jeff Burton up in the booth. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.